Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to this edition of the show. Today we have Agatha Brewer. Agatha, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Absolute pleasure. So glad you're here. Why don't we start off the interview the same way I start off every interview, which is where you tell us about who you are, what you do, and how you got there. Sure. I'll try to give you the uh, abbreviated version. Um, so I'm Agatha. Um, I'm a business coach and a marketing mentor for new entrepreneurs. Um, I help them get clear on their marketing so that they can actually start attracting clients. And I also work with them on their confidence. Um, how I got started doing this is a little bit of a long story, so I'll try to keep it brief. But um, I had been working in marketing, uh, corporate marketing on the digital side um, for about 15 years. And uh, at the same time, I was dealing with a chronic illness. Um, and there was a program that I did that I learned a lot about um, neuroplasticity and something called limiting beliefs. And I learned that I had a lot of these beliefs of my own that were contributing to my illness and preventing me from healing. Um, and so why I mentioned that is I, I learned about this and I learned about the power of basically rewiring your brain and um, learning new beliefs. Uh, and through that process, I realized that I also want to do something bigger in the world and make a bigger impact on other people's lives. And so I trained to become a life coach. Um, I also got my ICF certification, which is the International Coaching Federation. And then um, I started working with people. And part of that training was to work with many people. <laughs> uh, I had to get over 100 hours of coaching um, training, you know, hands-on live uh, coaching with people. And it kind of um, so happened that basically all the people that started coming to me and my peer coaches started asking me about marketing because that is my background. And I, I wasn't necessarily going after becoming a business coach, but it kind of naturally happened because um, all the people who I was, you know, attracting to me wanted help with marketing. And for me, it's pretty easy to do marketing, uh, or at least I, I thought so when I started my business. Uh, I've learned a few things since then. Uh, but um, I basically help my clients uh, get more clear on what they want to do in their marketing and become more intentional about it. So I'll stop there. <laughs> I know that's a lot of information. <laughs> hey, more information, the better, right? So yeah. Um, but yeah, like I kind of heard of a mixed message there. It's sort of like, so is marketing your passion? Do you have passion for it? Yeah, I do have passion for it. But what I was getting at uh, maybe came through was marketing is not easy, whether or not you're good at it or not. And I have a lot of experience in marketing. And even with that experience, it can be challenging because there's so many people you know, trying to promote themselves and some, everybody's always going to have a bigger budget than you and, and things like that. And so uh, what I try to do is basically simplify marketing for my clients because most of them don't have any marketing experience. So it was hard for me to learn how to slow down and how to like prioritize what I was doing and be really intentional about my marketing when I started my business. Because for me, it was like, I know everything, or I, I don't know everything, that's the wrong thing to say, but I know a lot about marketing. And so I kind of wanted to do it all. And 
like my clients have a similar, uh, slightly different, but similar experience where they get like shiny object syndrome, where they're like, oh, I should try this marketing strategy. I should try that marketing strategy. And when you do that, everything gets diluted and you can't really focus. So my experience when I launched my business was I wanted to do it all, but in doing so, I wasn't as focused as I should have been. And I have learned in the process of launching my business and, and working with people that, you know, you really can't spread yourself that thin and you have to really be focused and actually create a plan and, and stick to it and don't try to hop around and do 15 different things. Right. So now with you, that being said, you uh, said you became more focused and stuff. And in your, in your description, you said you just basically did marketing, which is still general. So what I want to do is narrow down to where is your focus? Like what would your specialty or your top three specialties be? In terms of my own business or in terms of working with people? Well, both. Don't they go hand to hand? Yeah. So <laughs> in terms of my own business, um, you know, I obviously worked with some other business coaches who had, you know, advice for me and things they wanted me to do, but I really had to kind of stop listening to their advice because it wasn't always what I wanted to go after. And so that is something that I kind of try to instill in other people who I work with too, because we are our, you know, strongest and most intuitive advocate. And if, if we listen to other people's advice about our business, it may or may not work. And that's kind of like a foundational part of coaching and the way I was trained too is, you know, if you're an outgoing person, you may like networking, but if you're introverted, that's going to be hard for you. So those are kinds of kind of the things that I thought about for myself. Um, and so when I think about intentional marketing, I think about getting really aligned with who you are as a person, what your personality is. And for me, that means, for example, podcasting, like I, I have this quiz that I created and, um, I work with people and, you know, give them their results. But for me, I know I'm an ambivert storyteller. So that's between an introvert and an extrovert. So some days I'm cool being on camera. Other days I really don't want to be. So podcasting is good for me because I have my own podcast. So I can be behind the scenes a lot of the time. And then there's days like today where I can, you know, be on camera and this is being recorded and I'm cool with that because it you know it kind of depends on my mood depends on my energy level that kind of thing and storytelling is one of the things that I like to do and that I think I'm naturally good at and so kind of understanding your personality really helps you pick the, the right marketing strategies for you and not everybody like thinks about that and they I, what I find is when you're a new entrepreneur and you don't have a lot of marketing background you kind of just go for the things that you see out there that might be working for other people. And you don't always ask yourself, okay, what do I actually want to do? And what am I actually good at? Like, am I a good writer or am I a good teacher? Because those are going to lend themselves to very different strategies. Yeah, absolutely. So what I got out of that, and correct me if I'm wrong, is your main message there is focus on your strengths and become very self-aware. Yeah, yeah. And that's something that when you're new, and I went through this too, like you kind of grasp onto other people's ideas and you don't, you don't have the confidence to be like, no, what do I actually want to do? And what am I good at already? Because if you're already good at something, like if you're great at social media, then go do social media. Don't try to learn something new because the amount of like the learning curve for learning a new strategy can be steep. So really just focus in on what you're already good at. Right. That makes sense. And I guess uh, also uh, passion has something to do with that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so awesome. So 
that being said, so when you get a new client or get a new prospective client, like what would the breakdown be? Like I, I come to you, I'm starting a business. I don't know where to start. So I approach you. Mm-hmm. Uh, what would you say to me? Like how would, how would it work out? Yeah. I mean, f- for me, I, I only do one-on-one coaching, so it's, yes. it's very personal. And so, you know, you know, my, my process basically is like, we determine what the vision is for your business. Cause you have to start with that. You can't just like start going without knowing what you're trying to build. So that's like the very foundational, like, what are we trying to achieve in the next couple months in, in the program that I have? Um, because that's what you're working towards. And then you actually go and build a, a marketing plan. We work together to create a custom plan based on the strategies that are going to work for you. But then it's not only like, here's the, the other fallacy or myth that I don't know if it's a myth, but misconception, like new entrepreneurs and even myself, I will raise my hand, even with a ton of marketing experience. When I started, I was like, oh, I picked my marketing channels. Great. I'm good. I have a strategy. No, you don't have a strategy because a marketing channel like podcasting, social media, you know, blogging, whatever, that's a channel. That's a way of getting your message out, but it's not a strategy. And a lot of people, especially without marketing experience, they're like, oh, well, I'm posting on Instagram and I'm not getting clients. And it's like, because there's more to it than that, you have to have an actual strategy. And so that's what we build, you know, in, in concert. And I am very much a coach. I don't tell people what to do because that's not the way I, I don't think people will be as successful if they just listen to somebody's advice. It's more about bringing that information out of my clients and helping them decide, okay, what is my content calendar going to look like? What am I going to be talking about in whatever channel I'm doing and kind of teaching them best practices about all these different channels? Like what, how will my content actually convert into a client versus just be something that somebody consumes and then like goes away because Another thing that isn't always like obvious is uh, when you're getting started in marketing is you have to create a customer journey. And without understanding what those steps are, you're not going to be very intentional about it. And you're not going to understand that you need to have a call to action or you have to have something to lead people somewhere to your website, to a freebie, whatever. And then the final step uh, of my process is basically taking action and actually attracting clients and implementing that plan. And in the process of doing that, you learn some things, you learn what works, um, you learn what doesn't, and you can start what we call in marketing, optimizing your plan, you know, seeing, and this obviously takes time. So I don't work with people forever, but you know, if you were to work with me for a year or two, then you would start to see patterns and you would start to, you know, collect more data and see, what's actually working, what's bringing me people. And I need to do more of that versus, you know, and maybe another strategy that maybe needs to change. Right. So throughout this process, I, I love how you said content calendar. Sorry. I, I have two, <laughs> I have two thought processes and I'm kind of trying to <laughs> say both of them at the same time. <laughs> it's like, sorry, yeah. let's go with the content calendar. I mean, I hear that a lot. I love, and you know what? I've come across it so many times. I love it. I love the idea. I love the concept of it, but not everybody knows what a content calendar is. Mm -hmm. So if you can break that down, like what's the purpose of the content calendar and how would you break that down? Yeah. And so I will say this, like there are some people that follow a content calendar to the T, you know, and they go through line by line. These are all the things I'm going to be working on. And then there's other people more like me where we kind of 
understand the overall framework and the overall concepts and themes, and then we kind of go do it. And it's not always so like prescriptive, but I will say basically a content calendar is your framework, is your framework for, let's say, for example, if I'm doing Instagram or it could be relevant to a lot of different marketing strategies. So podcasting, for example. So I'll just pick Instagram to keep it simple, but Okay, so for the next couple months or next year, whatever time frame you're looking at, you want to think of different themes that you're going to be talking about in your content, um, like kind of like what you stand for and what you want to be known for in your business. Um, and it's important to do that so that you have a strategy and so that you're talking about the things that you want to be talking about. And then also putting in things like, you know, for example, if I'm launching my program, and doing kind of more promotions, I want to be aware of that. And when that's happening in the month or in the year or whatever, or if there's a, like, if I'm going to be on a podcast and I want to do some promotion around that, then I need to be aware of that in my content calendar. But there's also different types of content that you can be creating. So it could be any, like for Instagram, you have to be aware of the different types. So like there's reels, there's posts, there's Instagram stories, there's all kinds of different content you can be creating. And there's reasons why you do certain piece, certain things over others. So reels are usually about like getting more awareness, getting in front of more people, posts are more maybe educational. And so there's different um, types of content and different things you can be doing with that content. And it, it's kind of also bringing you back to that, that customer journey in every single post that you create or video, whatever, you have to be bringing people somewhere or you have to have a reason for creating that. And so the content calendar helps you do that. And it also helps you plan it in advance, usually if you do it well, and then you can schedule it all in advance too. So you're not like stuck on your phone creating all of this, or you can use different tools to pre-schedule. And that helps people a lot because, you know, we have lives and we have clients to serve and things like that. So that makes sense. Now, in terms of the uh, content calendar here, uh, like, okay, I mean, content calendar is sort of like a plan. And mm -hmm. just like most plans, it's not really always concrete. Mm -hmm. um, so how, how much fluctuation do you have in there? Like, sometimes you might plan to do just say a podcast on a Thursday to talk about, uh, I don't know, bunny rabbits. <laughs> and uh, all of a sudden something, you know, something big, like breaking news happens. Can you yeah. interrupt your plan yeah. and, and change over? Like, how does that work? Yeah, obviously. I mean, so it depends on kind of your personality and your style and how you like to work. But for me, you know, I leave space for that or I allow for like, for instance, like Instagram stories are a lot more like um, in the moment and current. And, you know, I could be doing something and it's not even related to my business, but somehow I find a tie in and I'm like, I'm working in my garden. I've done this like and I see something and I tie it in with my business or or again, I get an opportunity to be on a podcast or do a speaking engagement. And so I can promote that there. But as long as you have like that overall framework and it's also really a good, you know, uh, weight off your back to know that you have stuff pre-scheduled. So you don't have to think about it when you're on vacation. So you don't have to think about it when, you know, whatever it's Christmas or you're on holiday like that's really helpful. And then you can also obviously add in those other things. But the thing that helps with the content calendar is, you know, every podcast I go on, or even my own podcast, I know kind of what are the main topics that I'm kind of 
an expert in or I'm very comfortable speaking on. So that's always really helpful for me because, you know, I know I, I like talking about intentional marketing. I also like talking about mindset. So that's another bucket that I could include in my content calendar. And I do, you know, I've written podcasts or written blog posts on it. I've done podcasts, that kind of thing. So, right. So it's not like, and that's the thing, like in terms of di different types of content, different types of posts, I'm going to, you know, break down into this now. Yeah. Um, now there's multiple platforms and stuff and all that, but is there uh, like, sh like, like, like most people do posts and they're using it for business. Mm -hmm. And let's talk about the general public, the general public, the general person starting a business, they're going to want to use a post. Like they're going to want to have a, whether they create a poster or a picture or words or whatever video, they're, whatever they're going to want to do mm -hmm. is going to be some form of promotion because you know, let's face it, everyone who has a business, what they want to do, sell, sell, sell. And what's mm -hmm. their message? Buy, buy, buy. And that's <laughs> the typical post, the typical thing. And there are some people out there that post the same damn thing every damn day. And it's yeah. always buy, 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 sell, sell, sell. And the product doesn't even change, nor does the price, nor anything else about it. It's usually the same post they did before. I've seen accounts where you've had 10 posts and all 10 posts are exactly the same thing because it's clear that they don't know what they're doing with it. And mm -hmm. they're only there because they want to generate more sales. Now, where I'm going with this is that do you have to, like, like in terms of the posts, is it all business related or would you mix it up or is it personal choice? What would your recommendation be? Yeah. And so if you have a, like if the purpose of your Instagram or your social, whatever is business, I think it's fine especially because I work with service-based business owners. So like coaches, consultants, like did, you know, that kind of group of people. Um, and even for a product business, like this is relevant to like, you kind of want to show your personality and you want to um, have people understand who you are as a person because people hire people. They don't necessarily hire you. I mean, they do hire you for your service that you provide, but they're going to be interacting with you. So you know, it, that's the reason why I have a consult call before I sell anything to anyone, because I also want to know that my client is a good fit for me because we're going to be spending a lot of time together. So um, and you want to know that you align generally with your values and things like that. So, I mean, you've probably heard this phrase a million times, but it's called no like and trust factor. You're yep. building that, you know, that was somebody wrote a book about it or that was part of his um, sales book. So. Bob Berg, by the way. Um, so you're building that over time. And if you are just, like you said, doing the post where it's like, buy my program, buy my program, buy my program, buy my program, somebody is going to like unsubscribe. I'm thinking email now, but they're going to block you. They're going to unfollow you because they're just not interested. And, you know, they might be interested if there's a reason why they should buy your program. But I think it helps to add a little bit of personality. Now, if that's all you post, and you're only talking about like the recipes you're cooking, unless you're like a health coach or someone related to food in some way, then, you know, you have to be, you have to be mindful of like why you're posting this and, you know, don't go too far because, you know, then you have to be seen as a business owner as well. Like I see people in their Instagram bio where it's not even obvious at the very top that you even own a business and run a business. And I'm like, that's a huge lost opportunity because maybe your content is good, but the first thing people see is like your 
first little headline. And if there's nothing in there about the fact that you have a business, then maybe that should change. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Now, what should the headline look like? Like give a brief description of, uh, you know, what, what to expect when you open up a profile. Yeah. And I mean, I think, you know, this ranges, but the advice out there is to keep it short. I mean, obviously if I'm thinking Instagram, there's only a certain amount of characters that you even have access to anyway. Um, you want to optimize like the keywords that you're using. So like I would put for me, I would say that I'm a business coach and marketing somewhere in there um, because people can actually search that information. So if they're searching for a business coach or searching around marketing, then I would want that. Obviously have a good photo of you that isn't like unprofessional and, you know, you have to understand your brand, obviously, but it needs to be clear. People need to see you. Um there are ways to add links, you know, so like I use like Linktree. That's really valuable because if people like your content, they need to be able to not just stay on Instagram forever unless you have like a DM strategy that you use. But, you know, if you want them to book a call with you or to take the next step, then they need to be able to find that. And so, you know, I use like links that you know, people can click on that and then, you know, find out more information about any, any of the different offers that I have or my program, my website, freebies, that kind of thing. Um, so I think a lot of times new entrepreneurs, you know, I'm working with people who are very early stage, so they may not even have a website. So because they're just in the process of building it, but that doesn't mean they can't you know, use their bio kind of as their website. So another thing is like, if I'm talking about Instagram, there's highlights. So you can, you know, film something and uh, do like an Instagram story and then save it as a highlight. And that is really valuable because that can kind of act as your website when you're still in the process of building one. Yeah. Right. So brings up two more questions. One is how often do you suggest someone posts and is there such a thing as posting too much? <laughs> this one's controversial. Um, so I'm not an Instagram expert by any means, but we're, I'll go there. So for me, I think the people that I work with, their business is not the only thing that's going on in their life. Like they may have a full-time job or they may have like a family or other things that they are, you know, also doing. So I think it's individual to the person, you know, I think it's more about quality versus quantity. So if you're going to be that person that just promotes your offer nonstop and just repurposes every single thing you do, and it, it sounds exactly the same, that's not value. So I would rather somebody spend a good amount of time creating a post that is actually like is going to resonate with their potential customer. So for me, you know, it looks like three times a week, but if somebody can't do that, then I would still rather them do once a week, a really damn good post. If I can say that, yeah. like, because you, there's so much out there. There's so much noise that now it's not even just about, you know, these are my three tips on X, Y, and Z. It's more about changing your perception and saying, no, this is why this is broken in this industry, or no, here's my opinion on this. And this is why you should work with me. And like, it's, it's more than just doing what everybody else is doing, where you see the same co content being like, reused over and over. So it's really just understanding your bandwidth and understanding how much time it'll take you to actually create valuable content versus just putting something out there. And so that's why batching and 
pre-scheduling is important because it does take time to create content. And unfortunately that, that is what it is. You know, you can hire someone to do it for you, but even that like, isn't as effective, I think, as creating it yourself because you're the owner of your business. You're the one who works with the clients. You're the person with the opinion <laughs> on things. So you probably should be the one creating the content, at least in the beginning. Now, with that being said, there's multiple platforms out there. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's more than just Instagram. I happen to like yeah. Instagram, yeah. but there's multiple platforms. Now, what do you suggest people do? Like what platforms would you suggest they use? And would you post the same content on each platform or how would that vary? Yeah, and so I think there is some benefit of doing a little bit of repurposing because I mean, we can't be a content factory because <laughs> it's exhausting, it's draining. Um, but like what I do is Instagram was something that I was doing a lot of, but I just saw that it was just less and less people were seeing my, my content. The algorithm has changed, you know, Instagram's pushing ads. So they want to basically only show your content to a certain amount of people unless you pay them. And so that's challenging. And especially for a new entrepreneur, if you don't have a budget for ads, then it's going to be challenging. But what I suggest is creating something that's like a longer form piece of content and then taking like little snippets of it or kind of repurposing that. So for me, it's my podcast or it's a blog and I will take pieces of a blog and I, or I will summarize it and create a post out of that. So it's like I create those kind of longer form pieces of content, which are also good for SEO, for example, like, by the way, it takes time. It takes time to, you know, start ranking uh, in terms of SEO. So blogging, podcasting, being, you know, doing guest appearances, things like that. Uh, but you can create like a long form piece of content and then take pieces of it. And, um, you know, if I'm being recorded for this, I can take like a 30 second clip and create a reel out of that or things like that. And so then um, it is similar content, but it's not the exact same thing. And you can put another spin on something if you you know, wrote a blog post that did well, you kind of already know that it's gonna perform well or most likely will. And then you can kind of uh, summarize or take little pieces from it, take quotes out of things, that kind of thing. Makes sense. Now I'm gonna get into another controversial topic. Um, <laughs> sure. I'm gonna go back to the websites. Uh -huh. And my reasoning <laughs> is there's different opinions on that. Um, so my question to you is in 2023, are websites still relevant? And if so, how are they, you know, how are they relevant today compared to we'll say five or 10 years ago? Yeah, good question. Um, so I think it depends on where you are in your business. If you're very new, like some of the people I work with, it's websites take a long time to develop. They, you have to create all the content. You have to write the copy. You have to even understand who you are as a business owner. So that takes a lot of time. So in the beginning, I think it's more relevant and more practical for you to do something like optimize one of your social profiles and use that as your website, as you're building your website. I think the further on you get, like, for example, for me, I've only had my business like less than three years and in the beginning, I was putting all my energy into like Instagram and blogging and other things. And I also built my website, which took a long time because I did it myself. And I learned, you know, 
a plugin, Elementor, and like, you know, there's a learning curve, even for me with a lot of marketing experience. But now I find that the more, the longer I'm in business, I have done the work to see where people find me. And they're not necessarily finding me directly on my website, although there are, it's starting to pick up momentum and people are, you know, going on Google searching and finding my website. So it is ranking now, but that took a long time. So I think with websites, I think eventually you do want to have that in your business because that's where people research you. I, I have seen some of my clients, they all came to my website eventually. Like they may, may have found me somewhere else. They may have seen me on a you know podcast or like read one of my blogs or did a Google search, whatever, but they eventually ended up on my website and that's where they did the research. I know because I track it, I can see in Google analytics, what pages they've been on, what they've looked at. And that's when they filled out the form. So I think it's still part of the customer journey. So I think it's still somewhat relevant because it, it depends on who you are and, you know, you basically have to track the data to, to, to know that it's actually working for you. But, but I don't think websites are the end all and be all. If you can show your personality, like if you have a YouTube channel, for example, and you're um, on camera a lot, like people can get that no like and trust factor there and you just have to have a way to convert them after the fact you know um like a landing page instead of a website or you know come find me on instagram and, and give me a, a dm and if you have a way of then like onboarding them as a customer without a website then you're fine so i think it could work either way but I know that websites just take a long time to build and you have to, you know, refresh the content. So I think in the beginning, it's good to just stay far away, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Or just like create one page that is a, like a little bio about you and what you do and what your services are and, and then build, you know, the WordPress site or, or whatever it is that you're creating. That's interesting. I, I mean, I've gotten uh, different perspectives from people on that now. I'm going to give you my controversial uh, sure. response to that. <laughs> yeah, go for it. When it comes to websites, mm -hmm. I don't give a crap. Yeah. Um, I believe you should have one, even if it is a one pager, like you said, with just a buyer or something. Yeah. Because I believe that gives people validity. Mm -hmm. I don't think people go to websites as the end all and be all. And that's the reason they're going to be your customers. Yeah. In fact, I think that people pay very little attention to your website but they go there just to make sure you're not some fly by nighter that's going to take their money and run. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. And I think it also depends on who you are and what you do. Like I'm a business coach. So if I didn't have a website, people would be like, uh, you know, so right. if, if you're a different type of service provider, then you probably don't need like all the pages and all the pretty pictures and all the stuff. And I've also seen some websites where I'm like, how does this person have any clients? Like there's typos all over <laughs> it. The formatting is horrible. Like the pictures aren't great, but still they have a, a functioning business. So like there is something to it that, it's not always about the website. That's the that's the final piece of the journey where there you have led them to book a call with you and then to potentially become your customer, your client. So I think it's all these things working in tandem and like working in concert 
that becomes your customer journey. And everybody's journey is different. Somebody will sign up for your email newsletter and somebody else won't. They'll come directly to your website, read like a paragraph and book a call with you because they read a blog post that you created. So it really just depends on who that person is that's, that's finding you and where they're at in their journey. Because I, I had, like, I'm speaking from personal experience. There was somebody I worked with and she was like, I barely read your website. I was so scared. I just booked a call with you, but I saw you somewhere else. And like, and we worked together and it was great. And it's just, everybody's at a different place in their journey of wanting to work with somebody. Right, which kind of proves my point about the validity. I think yeah. the website is the last piece they uh, go to before they give you money, yeah. just to ensure that they're giving the right person money. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. At that point in time, they've already formed their opinion that they know, like, and trust yeah. you. And yeah. Um, yeah, like, like I believe that uh, your content is how they get to know you or whether you're networking in person, because believe mm -hmm. it or not, there is a business outside the internet. Oh yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing. Like, like I work with people who have online businesses, but you, it's really hard to create that same relationship that you have one-on-one -on -one online like you have to actually be mindful about it and think okay well then this person's going to come here and then they're going to come there and how do i get my personality across and you know can i use a video instead of written word and it's hard you have to really know what you're doing and if you go to a networking event you that just happens naturally i mean unless you're like hiding in the corner but even for people who for me like i i can be very introverted but i push myself at a networking event and it's so much easier to just talk to people and you know pretty quickly whether they could be your client or not and whether they're interested and online the journey is much longer usually and it takes several touches you know touch points to turn somebody into a customer. So yeah, there's definitely nuances. And that's why it's good to know, you know, what is my strategy? And in the beginning, networking and referrals and one, you know, one-to-one -one communication is way easier than all the online stuff. hundred <laughs> yeah. percent. So I agree with you. And again, most businesses, not all, but most businesses are in the relationship business. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're a media business that's catering towards getting to know a person so you can build a relationship business. And then once you have that relationship, that's when the product and service comes into play. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my personal thought as well. So love it. Love it. I mean, I use my podcast as well for personal branding. I love getting the message out there. People can see who I am and what I'm about. I'm uh, a very open book myself. I <laughs> don't hide anything. Yeah. And um, yeah, because I, mean, I believe that uh, it's just as important to repel people who you don't get along with as it is to attract the ones that <laughs> do get along with you. Totally. That was a hard lesson I had to learn because I was like, I want people to work with. And yeah, you don't want to work with everybody. And it's, it's really good when you get clear about who you do want to work with and what problems you do want to solve. Because in the beginning, a lot of us fall into the trap of, I just want to work with somebody. And so then you make, um, not sacrifices, but you, you make decisions that aren't the greatest based off of that uh, belief that you just want to work with somebody. And for me, as a coach, it really is important that I have a good fit with my client because I am spending hours and hours with them on the phone. And if they're not coachable, then I cannot make them coachable. And so it is really important to start weeding away the people that you 
don't want to talk to. <laughs> For sure, right? It's it is hard in the beginning, like you said. You get excited. Your phone's ringing. You're like, <laughs> yes, I can yeah. do this. And yeah. then you commit to it and go, oh God, what did I sign up to? Yeah, exactly. Right. So <laughs> I, I get it. I get it. Uh-huh. Um, with that being said, let's get into what would be the biggest challenge you had once you decided to leave the, uh, we'll say the nine to five for lack of better description and get into your own venture. Yeah. I mean, I think that there were a lot of challenges, I would say. (laughs) Uh, I think the shiny object syndrome is one of them. Like not having faith that my marketing strategies would work, you know, because I think in, in the corporate world, you have much more of a budget to try things to you have more resources, you have a design team, you have all these things that as a solopreneur, you don't have. And so, um, and also there's a, usually a brand that has already been built over many years, it's, unless you're like working at a startup, but that's like the only exception, but, you know, having faith that the things that I was working on in the beginning would actually turn into something like those blog posts that I wrote two plus years ago, they are bringing me people to my website. Now at the time, I didn't think that that would happen. And yeah, maybe I, you know, I, I had, it's hard to go into the, all the analytics of like, did that specific blog post turn into a client, you know, but that that's all of that work that I did, the things that I thought, may or may not work like they add up over time my podcast i'm like recording like my 25th episode i started it like not that long ago and people binge my show like i can see it in the the stats my clients like listen to it after they've worked with me or what while they're working with me so i know it's like good content and when you're just building that stuff in the beginning you have no idea. You just doubt yourself. Even if like, even me having a marketing background, I still doubted myself. And that's just a normal process of being an entrepreneur. Like it's a new skill that you're building. You're creating a new identity for yourself. So I think it's really just having faith that what you're doing can work and also giving it a chance to work because what I would do and what I see other people doing, the people that I've worked with before they work with me, is they just skip around because we don't have the faith that the strategy will work. So then you don't actually give it enough time to make an impact. And so you're kind of like sabotaging yourself by switching to something else and not giving one or two strategies like your full effort and your full focus. Right. And self-doubt can also make you want to uh, quit before uh, you've even given it a chance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Makes sense. So with that being said, let's ask the opposite. There must have been a moment in time where you decided, you know, you had that aha moment saying, okay, you know, maybe I'm not at my end zone, but I'm going the right way. I'm getting more confident. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling good. <laughs> I'm ready to, you know, put my all in it. I'm ready to believe in it. I may fight to believe some days, but I'm still going to believe this is it. I'm here. I'm ready. What was that aha moment for you? I think like when I started my podcast, I I started kind of finding my voice and believing that I do have expertise, like the, the, all the years that I've worked in marketing, like that actually means something to people and that 
I am further along than some of the people that I work with. And they do look up to me as, you know, an expert, which is hard in the beginning because I'm just getting this started too. So I think the podcasting and then also the coaching itself, like I had to go through a lot of training to become a coach and it was stressful because you want to help somebody and you're still learning the process of doing that and learning the art of coaching, which is hard to be in the moment to not try to think of your next question for somebody before they've even answered the the previous one. So learning and, and getting that extra certification that I did through the ICF, like really helped me be present with my clients, be present with people. And it's even helped me with podcasting because I'm, I'm a better interviewer because I'm actually present with the person instead of reading my notes. And, you know, like I can ask better questions and I can, coach people better and get to the bottom of something and, and not try to put words in their mouth or not try to, you know, because there is some reflection that I do in coaching and you miss some things if you're um, just focused on yourself instead of being in the present moment. Of course. So with that being said, I'm going to get down to the last two questions before I get into what I call the lightning round. Ooh, okay. Sounds good. <laughs> Wonderful. So second last question. How do you know you've had a successful day? How do I know I've had a successful day? I think a successful day is when I've interacted with people, when I have coached some people, when I have um, helped someone have a breakthrough in my coaching and kind of have an aha moment of their own or several uh, within a coaching session or when I've seen um, somebody that I'm coaching get more confidence at the end of a session or a lot of times people come to me completely overwhelmed and frustrated or confused and when at the end of a session they have clarity and they feel confident that they can take the next step I think that's a successful day. So it's not when you have a pile of money in your bank account because uh, you were so happy and excited. It's like you won the lottery. <laughs> no, I mean that's that's not what that's not why I do this. I want to make an impact with people and with you know helping them transform some of those limiting beliefs that I was talking about. You know that's that's why I do it. Of course, I've never heard anybody say it was the money. Not, even, <laughs> not directly like that, at least. <laughs> yeah. Well, some people maybe are driven by that and they won't admit it, but yeah, that's, that's not why I do this. No, of course not. Now, last question, but not least, <laughs> how do people find you? People can find me at my website. I do have a website. <laughs> it's uh, agathabrewer.com. Um, they can also find me on Instagram, agatha underscore brewer. Um, I have a quiz that you can take if you want to find out what your marketing, uh, superpower is. So it's agathabrewer.com forward slash quiz. That's kind of, uh, related to what we were talking about today. Makes sense. All right. Let's get into the lightning round, which <laughs> is just a fun few questions. So people get to know the, uh, personal side of you. Sure. So first question and my favorite question, what's your favorite food? Oh, man. <laughs> so I used to plan food festivals for a living. Uh, so this one's going to be tough. Um, I guess I would say <laughs> this, <laughs> Americans don't get offended. Uh, everything <laughs> that's not American. I like American food. I like pizza. I like those kinds of things. But uh, kind of 
like Indian, uh, Thai food, like something with some flavor. <laughs> yeah. Mexican. All right. Interesting. Um, favorite vacation spot and why? <laughs> hmm. I think a beach that's top of mind right now. I'm actually planning a vacation right now to probably Mexico. Um, why? Because I don't live near a beach. And I think <laughs> I, uh, so I was born in Kuwait. So it was, there's a lot of water there. And I think I learned how to swim before, <laughs> basically at the same time I learned how to walk. So that's probably why it's just relaxing. <laughs> interesting. Um, Okay, that's that, that's interesting. Uh, so anywhere with a beach doesn't matter where. Yeah, well, it matters a little, but you know, I'll take a beach. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, favorite uh, book or podcast or and or. Hmm. Um, there's a lot of books and podcasts. Um, well, I'll do one that's kind of related to what I what one of my philosophies is in coaching and uh, Marie Forleo, everything is figure outable. I just like the, it's a easy read and it's a good message for somebody who is trying to do something in their life and, and figure it out. And entrepreneurship is that. <laughs> Ironically, I've read that book. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember it, but I, re I read it. <laughs> um, that's that's okay. awesome. Um, all right. So, Last but not least, if you were given unlimited amount of money, hmm. but you only had 48 hours to spend it, what you spend, you get to keep. What you don't spend gets taken away. What would you do? Hmm. Well, I think I would, what I spend, I get to keep. Interesting. Um, <laughs> that's a different take on that. Um, so I think I would probably donate to different charities. Um but I think environment and global warming are probably the most important things right now that some of us um, maybe overlook or just try to ignore the problems that are happening there. So I think those would be the things that I would focus on. And yeah, maybe I would go on vacation with my family too, <laughs> if I'm being honest. Um, but I think yeah uh anything around the environment i am also an avid gardener so if there's any kind of cause around related to that i would probably support those things and i'm also a foodie so things like that um there's a lot of food issues in the world right now so makes yeah. sense <laughs> but you know in the environment what's the problem i can't see oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a lot of problems <laughs> i know I yeah know. but yeah. it's just you know it's interesting how uh, sometimes uh, convenience can play a role in uh, what people, you know, participate or don't participate in. Yeah. And that's where why we've gotten here. <laughs> it's exactly why we got in here. <laughs> so, Agatha, I want to say thank you for being on the show. This has been incredible. Thank you so much for having me. It's been an honor. <laughs> Absolute pleasure. Um, any last final words before we uh, log off? Um, I would just say to all the entrepreneurs out there that you can do it. If you have a dream, then you have the ability to make it happen. And I would just say it can be tough, but keep moving forward and keep having faith in yourself and keep dreaming the dream and living the dream. 
Wise words. <laughs> Thank you. If you like what you saw and you want to see some more episodes, subscribe to the link below.